With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action, ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all of the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase Crosshaw. Joining me as always, Chase, how you feeling today? I'm feeling, you know, very good after this last week's of games. Uh, pretty good record. We'll talk about it later on in the show, but feeling good. Uh, season's going, you know, kind of as we expected it would go for the Tampa Lightning with, like, in terms of wins and stuff, I should say, at least, you know, we, we thought we'd be a better team in the division. It's proven to be that so far. So I'm pretty happy with the way things are going. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy as well. We got a couple of nice games to go over today and another game that we can look forward to on Monday night, the night that this episode releases. So very excited for that one. But Chase, it's Sunday. It's Valentine's Day. And, uh, you know, you, you've got a little lady over there. So what do you uh, got planned today? Anything special or is it just, you know, a, a chill Valentine's Day for you? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, a whole, I mean, a whole lot of nothing, really. She gets off work around, like, 4, 5 o'clock, somewhere around there. So, I'll well, just head to her place, get some pizza and watch movies. Just just something easy, nothing uh, too fancy. Very nice, very nice. So, uh, without a girlfriend on this end, I decided to spoil myself. Bought a brand new TV for my brand new Xbox that I got on release date. Um, so, I'm, I'm pretty pumped for that. Picking it up on Thursday and really excited to see what this Xbox really has in store because my current TV probably about uh, eight nine years old got it from my sister when she moved to Colorado and uh, you know it's it, it does the job but it doesn't take everything that the Xbox can give so uh, I'm excited but that's really it for the uh, the the Valentine's Day talk we'll now move on to hockey talk um, but Chase we got to talk about some bummer news as our captain Steven Stamkos 
he hits the COVID list. Yeah, so this one obviously sucks. You know, he's our captain, like just mentioned, and everybody knows. Uh, he's he's the leader of the team. He's a star player, a uh, very, you know, longtime star player for this team and in this league. Been playing some good hockey. Uh, you know, it, it's a shame. But, you know, we, we kind of knew these things would happen. Um, you know, can't control if someone gets put on the COVID list or whatever whatever it is. You know, other teams, they're getting whole games canceled. Some teams just missing a couple players. Sure enough, you know, Sam Coles has to miss a few games. But, you know, we've done okay without him thus far. So hopefully it's not too much longer that he's there and then we can see him back soon. Yeah, absolutely. A tough hit for right now, but uh, if all goes to plan, we should see him back pretty soon here. So very excited to get him back. Um, Chase, before we hop into a game review and preview, I just wanted to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl celebration. They did exactly what the Lightning did. They were on the water rather than in the streets on the boats had a nice boat parade um brady got absolutely sloshed it was it was enjoyable to watch even though i wasn't watching the tv just getting clips from twitter it was it was pretty fun oh it was great dude (laughs) like brady was absolutely just ram squaddled just hammered that guy was in one but hey he deserves it he just did something that no other nhl excuse me, no other NFL franchise has ever done and win seven Super Bowls. So, I mean, if a dude deserves to party that way, it's him. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't remember what Tom Brady said exactly on Twitter, but he was so gone and it looks like he deleted his tweet because I'm looking for it right now and I don't see it. But, uh, yeah, it it was funny. He put something out there that no one really could understand because he was that far gone. And then uh, he passed the Lombardi from boat to boat to Gronk. And uh, it just looked like a great time. So I don't know if anyone was able to get out there. I wasn't looking really to see uh, how many fans were out there, but it, it just had to be great. I mean, back to back water boat parades with the lightning in the box. Got to be a great feeling down there in Tampa. And I mean... I wish I was down there in Tampa because currently in Michigan, I think it's 10 degrees. No snow yet today, but I think we got a lot coming for us. Yeah, I definitely got some coming. Um, I, I don't I don't know exactly how much either, but, you know, it, it is what it is. It's February. It's winter. You know, I, I like the snow. It's, it's a good sight. And especially with nothing, you know, going on anyway, and just can kind of chill and just kind of enjoy it, especially when I'm looking out of my desk, just enjoy the view. Why not? Right. Right. And my family, they're down in Captiva right now in Florida. Um, so they're sending me pictures of the ocean and sitting by the pool and stuff. And, you know, that, that makes me really happy. I'm, I'm so I'm so glad that they get to rub that in my face while I'm up at school. But, Chase, we got games to cover. Uh, let's talk about the Nashville series first. We had two games Monday and Tuesday. Uh, both went really well. Let's talk about the first one. Four to one victory for our Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, the, the team played pretty well. Uh, you know, McLeanie got the start, made 23 or 24 saves. You know, a very good effort there. Uh, the team played quite well in front of them. Uh, when this team is, you know, fairly healthy the way that they were in this game, you know, obviously no Kucherov, but the team for the most part is healthy. You know, they they can really gel together and get done a whole team effort. You know, from this, ro- this roster from the top to bottom, we talk about it all the time. It's extremely talented, it's extremely deep. And, you know, it's really what we saw. We saw two goals from Sorelli, a goal from Stammer, and then a goal from Col- Coleman. So, you know, three different kinds of players there all g- contributing, you know, on the score sheet. And then as well as they're contributing in their own ways, too. It was just a great team game. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we saw a good chunk of production out of our three big RFAs over this last offseason with Sorelli, two goals, like you mentioned. And then Chernak and Sergachev both got an assist on Sorelli's goals. So uh, let's just talk about a little bit how important it was to get these three guys back. Obviously, Sorelli has stepped up huge last season and this season. He's going to have to step up even more now with Stammer on the COVID reserve list. Uh, And then Sergachev and Chernak, they've just been very good, steady forces on the blue line. Yeah, I mean, I want to start with Sorelli. He's one of those really underrated players in the league. He's a great defensive guy, but he has some offensive ability too. And, you know, he gets some recognition, but he doesn't get as much as he deserves, honestly. He's been great for our Tampa Bay Lightning. He's a key piece. He's someone that, uh, you know, Breezeball, he's going to make it a, like a main guy to build around going forward for a long time in this franchise. And then, you know, on the back end, Sergachev and Chernock, two very important important pieces. Chernock, just a really, really reliable right-handed top four defenseman. Then obviously we know Sergachev, you know, it's a guy who he's got some offensive ability. He's got some great two-way game as well. You just really, I, I could see all three of these guys being with the team for, quite some time they're really core pieces and they're just starting to develop their game more and more yeah absolutely and we're going to be talking about the expansion draft after the break and we're going to be talking about how there's a possibility we could lose one of these guys so uh we'll talk about that of course after the break but chase we'll move on to the second game against the preds another electric game for our tampa bay lightning as we take this one six to one yeah, poor Nashville. I mean, we just kind of have given them the business this year so far. Uh, that's 4-0 thus far in the year, and really just kind of ram-squalled them in this one. Um, but that's uh, just my word of the day today, ram-squalled, in case you haven't told uh, or haven't figured out. But regardless, uh, you know, m- more of what we're kind of talking about, uh, there's a lot of depth, a lot of star players stepping up at the same time. Uh, Sam Coast, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, he's been quite well this year. Ended up popping two in the net today or in this game, excuse me, it was just another one of those just great team games. You know, for the most part, like Nashville, they, they kind of outshot, kind of outpossessed. But Tampa is something that they've always been great at, something we always talk about is they capitalized on those great A's, and sure enough, is what they did. Yeah, absolutely. And Nashville put the first goal on the board with Rocco Grimaldi, but then they decided to give us five power plays. We capitalize on three of them, a great power play unit this night. Uh, And that's something that we've talked about last year and this year, how our power play is pretty inconsistent for all the skilled players that we have. We feel like we should be ticking at a higher pace. We saw that tonight and it resulted in a very nice six to one victory. Yeah. I mean, it's something that you, you do see with a lot of really skilled power plays sometimes is that there's too much skill to go around that either everyone's trying to do it themselves or everyone's trying to be too unselfish and help out each other. And sometimes you just you just need that one selfish player or like, you know, four helpers or two selfish, whatever it is uh, for it to kind of click. And not that anybody here is not like selfish on the team. They just need someone to shoot the puck a little more instead of trying to be a little more fancy with it. Uh, sure enough, it's kind of what happened in this game. And we saw three goals. Absolutely. Now, Chase, we're going to move on to the Tampa-Florida rivalry, the big brother versus the little brother. Uh, We've got a three-game series with them. Two games have been played. The final deciding game to see who takes the series overall is on Monday night. Our first game didn't go as expected. Maybe our team underestimated little brother just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, maybe because really when it comes down to it, it just wasn't a very action-packed game for the Lightning. I mean, only 21 shots on net and a 5-2 to two loss. That's tough for a team that's skilled. 
But, you know, I'll, I'll give credit to Florida where credit's due. They, they played well. They kind of out-possessed. They, they want to beat us in the face-off game, and I'm a big proponent of face-offs. It helps start and drive the play. Um, it's not a necessary, like a necessity really to win, but it definitely helps. And, you know, when they have that kind of control over the game and you're not really doing much else other than on the power play, which another two power play goals tonight, uh, it, it's, you know, you're, you're going to lose those games. Yeah, absolutely. And I am very happy that Braden Point stepped up tonight with two goals because um, I felt like he uh, I don't want to say he started slow because he, he's a great player. But I feel like I expected a little bit more from what we got in last playoffs and what we saw towards the end of the regular season. He was clicking like an absolute superstar, clicking like a, a top 15 player in the league where his start wasn't really that. Um, I mean, he, he looked good. I'm not saying he looked bad or anything, but I, I'm glad that he got on the board twice tonight and really showed that, hey, don't forget about me. I am a superstar. Stamkos has been great this year. Hedman's been great this year, but I'm here still too. Yeah, and he's really someone that continuing for the rest of the year needs to continue this type of production. He's just that, you know, really strong presence, you know, in, in the middle of the ice where he tends to play. Uh, he's really strong presence there, whether he's playing on the top line or whether he's playing second line minutes. Uh, he's using just about every situation. He's someone that is just so key to this team because he's just, he, he really is kind of like a, I don't want to say he's a glue player because he's a lot more skilled than a glue player, but with without, if if there was someone, you know, a level or two down from brain point lineup instead of him, like I think we'd see very significant re- like results in a negative way. Yeah, absolutely. But Chase, we'll move on from the negative game to the positive game as in our second game of the three game series, our Tampa Bay Lightning are able to take this one in a six to one fashion. Yet another big win. I mean, it's just the week of big wins for our Tampa Bay Lightning. And that, that's great to see. I mean, who, do, who doesn't love that when we can kind of get our revenge uh, You know, after a tough loss the night before? Uh, you know, no having no stamp close lineup makes things tougher, but it's all right because we, we got the kind of scoring we needed. You know, Tyler Johnson ended up getting two goals. Good for him. Someone that uh, we'll talk about a little bit later on this episode when we do our expansion talk. Uh, someone, you know, he's kind of had some, I don't want to say unfortunate, but it's, his place is kind of dip the last couple of years. But it's good to see him contribute where he can. Uh, and it was just another game where that the whole lineup really was scoring and just getting it done. Yeah, absolutely. And our our power play this game was one for three. Uh, The last game, it was two for three. And the game before I mentioned earlier, three for five. So our power play is really starting to click. And I think that separates the great teams from the best teams. You know, when the penalty kill and the power play, the special teams are really clicking, that's when a team gets to that very next level. And it looks like Tampa is at that point right now. Yeah, I got to agree. I mean, when... Yeah, when things are going right in hockey, they just kind of keep going right, and that's really what we're seeing. Um, and also in this game, I almost forgot to mention, there was no Anthony Sorelli either, so without you know two of your top centers, two of your top players, for to do what they did was pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, as you were mentioning, you know, when, when you're doing all the extracurriculars of the game correct, it all just comes together and makes you a pretty tough team to beat, and once that momentum gets rolling, it's kind of unstoppable, kind of what we saw in the playoffs last year. So hopefully we can kind of keep that going. Absolutely. Now, Chase, we'll talk about the Panthers lightning game for Monday night. Our next game is against Dallas on Thursday. I feel like we can wait, uh, wait till the next episode to cover Dallas just because of how important the rivalry is between Florida and Tampa. Obviously, for years, we dominated this rivalry, but it seems like Florida's really starting to put it together. They were able to take the first game off of us. The second game we took back. Who's going to take this third game, Chase? You know, I'm going to play the 
homer and the correct answer are Tampa Bay Lightning are going to win this game. Uh, we're, we're going back home after a big win. Um, you know, the momentum's high. The, the morale is high. And it's not like we're just one win and then move on to the next game. You know, we already lost the first game of the series. So we know what to expect going into it. It's, it's going to be a good matchup. Nonetheless, you know, it's not going to be a six, one type win again. I don't think it'll be closer, but it'll still be a Tampa Bay victory. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a great game. And I think we got to take the games against little brother as we can, because they've got a really nice prospect pool. I know you're a huge fan of Anton Lundell, their most recent first round pick. And you think he's coming over next year and he's going to be winning rookie of the year. I think you mentioned that on the podcast in an episode prior. Uh, so while we can take these wins, we'll definitely take them. And I think that's exactly what we're going to do Monday night. Yeah, I, I got to agree. And on, on that Anton Lundell talk, dude, the guy's just he, – he's just so disgusting. He's so good. Everyone's like, oh, he has such low offensive upside while he's just literally shitting on the finish league. Uh, so, sorry. You know, it's hard to be right. All right, Chase. So, we are going to a quick commercial break. After the commercial break, we're going to be talking about a interesting living situation, a suspension, and then the expansion talk for our Tampa Bay Lightning right after this. Uh, you know what? I'm just I, so heated because of what, what you're telling me, because I, I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac, macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for Katie. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Go to go to Italy. If you Crack ask. open some fucking no, 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 craft no, no, no. dinner. Ask any Canadian would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best, it is superior, it is a fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country. With my co-host, Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Rouge, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. All right, and we are back, Chase. The first thing we're going to talk about, an interesting living situation for the Red Deer Rebels. Yeah, so anyone who doesn't know, the Red Deer Rebels, they are a WHL team. They are living in the rink this season. Uh, it's kind of unique. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll retweet the picture on the Bulls broadcast page so everyone can kind of see what it looks like. But yeah, they're kind of living in the suites. I don't know if it's one person per suite or two people per suite because I'm assuming that the whole team and the whole staff has to live there. 
And, you know, that's 35, 40 people, you know, in total. So when there's that many, I'm sure that a couple of people got to bunk up together. But re- regardless, it's kind of a unique, cool scenario for only, you know, 24 games for over two months. Is probably what it'll be. You know, that that's not bad. If they had to do that for a full season, it'd be kind of unsustainable. But re- regardless, it's just it's just a unique situation and a memory that, you know, that these players are going to have forever. Yeah, absolutely. It's like going off to a summer camp, but for a little bit longer, you know, and playing the game that you love. Um, it It's definitely interesting, but I wonder what the restrictions are like when it comes to going to get food or anything like that. I wonder if they're trapped inside the facility and all the food is getting catered to them or what's the whole situation. Uh, That really intrigues me, and I wonder if the Red Deer Rebels are going to post any more information about that or if you know any information about it that I haven't learned about yet, go ahead and tell me. I haven't seen anything. If I had to guess... Just based on my like knowledge of the junior hockey world and experience in it, they're gonna try to probably cook as much as they can there. I'd assume that they're gonna have somebody designated for cooking, whether you know it be player staff, whatever, or they hire somebody specifically to do it. They'll cook as much as they can there. Uh, I'm sure they'll get some meals catered out, but there's no chance those guys are gonna be able to really leave the rink for much of anything because the whole reason they're there is to quarantine them. Right. That's got to be tough. I, I'm very interested to see what some of the player reactions are like after the season's over, after the whole situation is over. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be something out there after where some players are like, man, it was hell or, or man, I really loved it. I mean, I just got to hang out with the boys the whole time and got to play a game I love. So very interested to see player reactions uh, a couple weeks after the situation is all over. But Chase, let's talk about Johan Larson and his suspension. Yeah, so Johan Larson suspended for two games for hit the head on Zach Sanford and St. Louis Blues. Uh, you know, you don't you don't want to see these hits in the game. They're they're never good to see. Uh, it, it was a high hit deserving of a suspension. Uh, you know, two games in the shortened season. I don't I don't see anything about what the salary prorated uh, comes out to be for that. But it, it's a decent chunk because really when you're only playing half the games, um, you know. It, like two games out of it is, is a pretty decent chunk of your salary just gone. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I just kind of want to talk about the physicality overall in the league so far um, because we saw a big fight last night between Patrick Line and Brandon Hagel as Brandon Hagel, uh, he only got two or three shots in. But one of them was the knockout blow to Patrick Line. Uh, and then Biz Nasty, he tweeted that everyone's dropping the mitts this year. And then someone asked, is he coming out of retirement? No, he's not coming out of retirement. There's <laughs> no chance. The guy has no ACLs left. He, he, he can't do that. He can't skate any longer. Couldn't skate in the first place. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is a super physical uh, league this year for whatever reason. Uh, it's it's. I mean, it's great to see. I, I love it. I love this type of hockey. I think, you know, all aspects of hockey should always be on the ice every single night. You know, that includes the physicality, the skill, the teamwork, everything. I, I want to see all of that. So the way that the teams are playing this year is awesome. But at the same time, I really don't get it. I thought, if anything, this year would be the more passive conservative year because they're playing so many games. If there wouldn't be as much physicality, the guys don't want to wear themselves out. It's strange to see. 
Yeah, absolutely. And Jeremy Roenick, he tweeted out, Patrick Line sticking up for his teammate by fighting and then scoring with a bullet of a wrist shot. That's what John Tortorella is looking for. Really good for him. Uh, that's that's exciting news because you and I were just talking about in the most recent episode that it already looked like a bridge might be forming uh, or, or the breaking of a bridge might be forming between Line A and the Blue Jackets with Torts. Uh, and then he comes out and has a big performance last night, a performance that John Tortorella can't help but fall in love with so it's really nice to see that Patrick Line is stepping up and maybe Columbus did find their true superstar yeah I mean you would hope so for the team at least um like it if not if you know if, if it works out and they can continue this relationship that's great if it doesn't work out then that's just you know a lot of assets lost but regardless uh Rossovic's playing well Line is starting to figure it out a little bit so it's really looking like it's turning out pretty good for them absolutely now Chase we'll move on to expansion talk for those of you who have been living under a rock like Patrick Starr, for those of you who haven't heard, the Seattle Kraken is coming to the NHL this offseason, and that means another expansion draft. That means we got to protect our players and then let some of our players go. So Chase and I discussed this for a little bit. Um, there was discussion between doing an eight players or eight skaters and one goalie or if we we're going to do the seven forwards three defensemen one goalie uh and we eventually decided on the seven three one yeah so let's start with the three no move clause guys just to get them out of the way uh steven samkos nikita kucherov victor hedman those guys have no moves they're not gonna be waived they're not gonna be traded they're on the team so yeah that just is what it is and do you want to break this up by position group or do you want to just read all the names and talk about guys individually or like however we want um, to, you know. I I think we can I think we can do it by position group, and then we can once we get to the defensemen, we can talk a little bit on why it was a little bit more difficult for our team rather than you know maybe some other teams that were an easy seven three one where we we've got two guys floating out there that we were possibly thinking going the eight one route just to protect them. So we can start with forwards first. For sure. All right. So obviously Kucherov and Sam Kels are, are the two first two, at least five more. Uh, we decided between Brain Point, Andre Palat, Yanni Gord, Anthony Sorelli, Alex Barboulet. So, you know, that, that last choice is obviously more of a, a gamble type of choice, but it's a guy that Mike and I both like, guy that I really love as a future NHLer. Um, and, and the other picks, you know, NHL roster players, a little more understandable. Um, so it's it's not I don't think there's too much of a surprise here up front. Would you say so? No, I don't think so. Maybe Barboulet, but I think that people got to take into account, and we did take into account the length of contract for a lot of these players. A lot of these guys are up this year, so if we were to protect them, we would only have their rights until free agency hits, and that's you know if we're able to sign them in that slim period. So um, you got to take into effect the contracts, and I think that's what we did, and I, I think we did a nice job on continuing the success for the upcoming seasons, but also with Barry Boulay helping the future out a little bit. Yeah. You know, and he's someone who's going to be able to be on a cheap contract as like is when he's first breaking into the NHL full time, which is a huge help. Um, he, he's someone who's like, he's borderline ready to be the NHL player right now. I think he would make a decent amount of NHL teams out there. We just happen to be too deep. So next year, uh, he'll, he'll be a full-time guy. He'll be on a two-way contract and he should, you know, be really great middle six, like, playmaking ability for us yeah absolutely and so some of the players that we didn't protect 
Blake Coleman, Barclay Gaudreau, both on one-year deals, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and then you had guys like Alex Kalorn, who, you know, we didn't know if it would be best to keep his contract around, uh, making almost four and a half a year. Uh, if he stays, cool. If he doesn't, you know, um, the, the contract comes off the books and we have a little bit more spending money for the future when we've got some of the younger players to come up when it comes to their extent extensions. Jeez, can't say. I, I just can't talk. All right, we're going to move on to defensemen <laughs> now. Uh, Chase, let's talk about the defensemen we protected and then talk about why we were a little bit hesitant on maybe going the 8-1 option. Yep, so uh, three defensemen, of course, Victor Hedman, no move clause, and then Ryan McDonough and Mikhail Sergachev. Uh, this was a little tough. Three left-handed defensemen, but they're three guys that are all top four defensemen, maybe even borderline top two pair defensemen. Um, it, it's it's tough for a couple guys that that are left out. Let let Mike you know bring them up, but it, it just these are three super valuable players. If any of them were left open, they'd for sure be taken. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason we were thinking about maybe going the eight one route. I mean, you got Eric Chernock out there, you got Cal Foot out there, and then of course you got the exceptional player status, Sean Day out there. Uh, <laughs> not not actually, but uh, you know, it's it'd be tough to see Eric Chernock and Cal Foot go, both right handed defensemen, um, and. It, Chernak, we just fought so hard to keep him around with his RFA rights. Cal Foote, a first-round pick for ours, uh, starting for his first season this year and has looked pretty solid. So um, there was some discussion, but ultimately we decided to go 7-3-1 just because this team is so stacked all around forwards and defense. Was it really worth it to let go a player like, uh, I don't know, Yanni Gord or Andre Pilat? Probably not. And, you know, something that we talked about, too, like with this, we would really kind of make an offer. Uh, you know, we, we got Tyler Johnson's contract on the books. If we can get rid of that thing, then that would be great. So, you know, tr- try to offer Seattle. Hey, if you take Tyler Johnson, you know, you guys can have this draft pick or you can have this prospect, whatever it is. You know, the prospect pool isn't anything uh, just too, like, substantial, too you know, just crazy out there where they'd want someone like that. So, you know, we were thinking, you know, second-round pick, uh, maybe first-round pick, especially depending how the season goes. Like, if, if we're a team that makes a deep cup uh, run, if we win the cup, then, hell, we'll move on from the first-round pick. We don't need it. Not a big deal. Uh, but if a team where expectations are just not met at all, then we'd want to hold on to that first because it'd be a little bit better of a pick. So we'd really want... Seattle to take Tyler Johnson, you know, he's still someone who can contribute for them, uh, takes the salary off our books, makes it a lot easier for us. If not, then we would just really hope that it would take someone like Alex Kalorn. Yeah, absolutely. So that was our thoughts on that. Uh, we also got a hit on goaltender, Chase. Uh, I know this one's probably tough. You guys are thinking maybe we go the 37-year-old Phenom and Curtis McElhinney. Uh Not the case. We did end up going Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, Chase, talk about that pick a little bit. I mean, obviously it's a tough one. So why did we go with Vassy? You know, there's really no good reason at all. Vasi, he's got the higher cap hit. Uh, you know, he he's got he plays so he's played so many games over the last couple of seasons. He's got more wear and tear in his body. Uh, there's just no good reason. I mean, maybe we should change it to Michelini. Yeah, I, I think 
Or maybe go Christopher Gibson. I don't know. Oh, God. Uh, obviously, Vasilevsky, best goalie in the NHL. It's it's an easy no-brainer situation there. Um, but it's going to be exciting to see what happens. Now, obviously, you've heard our discussion on if we were the GMs, what we what would we do? Uh, talking about that trade that Chase mentioned. We want to know what you guys would do. Let us know at Bolts Broadcast on Twitter. Um, if you think that we should have protected someone over Alex Barboulet, let us know. Uh, we'd really love to hear. But uh, yeah, a lot of excitement coming forward as we start reaching towards the trade deadline. And then once we get to the offseason and the Seattle Kraken come up. So Chase, if you have nothing else to say on that, we can move into hockey name of the day. Let's do it. All right, Chase. Hockey name of the day. Scrolling down right now. That's going to be a tough last name. Uh, first name's Tim. Tim. There you go. Old Timmy. Uh Wolgamuth. 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 I'll go Wolgamuth. Like, you took German, and you don't even remember that W is pronounced like a V. I, I, okay, listen. I took German for one year, and then the second year that I took German, she sent me and, like, four other kids to the other classroom that was empty. You think we actually did German in that classroom? We did absolutely nothing because she was too busy dealing with your terrible class. Hey, I was just there. I, I I wasn't the you know the names that shouldn't be named causing the specific trouble. I was just kind of vibing, you know. But regardless, Tim Volgamuth is a German forward, twenty one year old actually, was having a decent season with the ERC Ingolstadt in the German league, fourteen points through fifteen games. Uh, you know, some of this kind of production at this age, and the way he's grown over the last two years. You know, previous season twenty three through fifty one, and then five through forty two. Uh, these are the type of guys that you see getting NHL contracts eventually. So, uh, if if Volgamuth continues to develop his skills, uh, you know, becomes a little bit more of a consistent scorer in the German league, maybe he's someone we see in the NHL one day. Yeah, that would be very cool. But I would have to like imprint in my brain that the German W's are V's because obviously. Um, it slips my mind a little bit. Uh, I'm just happy that there was no umlaus in this name. True. I mean, I, I you know, next time I'm doing a Sharfus S, so you just see, oh, why is there a capital B in the middle of the name? <laughs> no, I, I, I remember that. I remember <laughs> those ones because it was just such a such a weird thing. But uh, yeah. yeah, cool name, cool name for hockey name of the day, and that's really gonna wrap it up for this episode. Uh, we'll have Chase let you guys know how to support us, and then we will be out of here. We want to thank you guys for your support as always. If you like to check us out on Patreon, you know, and support us that way, we'd really appreciate it. There's some exclusive content there from within the network. Uh, definitely not required, but if you want to help us out there, that would be great. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, that is at Bolts Broadcast. Follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. And then also follow WMP on Twitter if you want to hear some football talk, a little bit of hockey talk too. Uh, you know, we got a lot of off-season shows coming up for the NFL as well. We'll do, do still do some NHL talk too. You can follow, follow us there at WNP Sports Pod on Twitter. So, yet again, at Bolts Broadcast, at HockeyPodNet, at WNP Sports Pod. Make sure to check out HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Find all the podcasts from the network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars. Leave a like. Send us your questions, comments, concerns, whatever you got to do. And don't forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you next time.